Well, howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Park of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. I'm Ben Scholes from B. Scholes Farms in Levon, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. It might be the Thanksgiving weekend, but we've still got another episode of Texas Ag Today loaded up and ready to roll for you. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, the 2023 Texas crop harvest is winding down. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. I'm Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. There is hope the one-year extension of the current Farm Bill will help the efforts of those who are working to make the next Farm Bill a stronger one for producers. I'm James Hunt and we'll talk about that on Texas Ag Today. The latest crop conditions for small grains, row crops, fruits, vegetables, and specialty crops in Texas, along with the livestock range and pasture report. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have all of those details straight ahead on Texas Ag Today. This is James Duncan, and I'm a Traveler East Texas report today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Texas farmers are wrapping up what's left of the 2023 crop harvest. Corn, rice, and sorghum are done for the year with only cotton, soybeans, and peanuts left. Tim Lust, CEO of National Sorghum Producers in Lubbock, says it was an average year for sorghum statewide. I think when we look at our crop overall this year, tremendous start in Texas and a really good harvest and really good crop, record yields in South Texas and had so much hope going north and then uh, unfortunately Mother Nature, we kind of ran out of gas as we got a little further north uh, into the country, but say a really average crop, uh, really strong international demand has continued to be there throughout harvest uh, and so continue to see sorghum trade at premiums and uh, so from that standpoint I think that bodes well for acres and Texas going into next year and uh, early seed sales seem to be very very positive there in terms of that of course when we talk the Texas Panhandle it's all about forage sorghum and uh, with the water declines there and and the growth in the dairy and livestock industries there uh, continues to be a real focus on forage sorghum in those areas. Texas cotton harvest is now 68 percent complete with peanut harvest 
now 75% done. The Texas Ag and Timber Registration Renewal Deadline is coming up. Farmers, ranchers, and timber producers with a valid agricultural and timber registration number have until the end of the year to renew their registration. The agriculture and timber registration numbers are required in Texas to claim a sales tax exemption on products used in the course of agricultural or timber production. Thanks to a law passed in 2011, there's now a uniform renewal date for all registration numbers, and they must be renewed every four years. The Texas Comptroller recently mailed renewal information to those with current registration numbers. Additional details are on the Texas Comptroller's Office website. Again, the deadline to renew is December 31st. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The state's largest farm organization is celebrating 90 years. Farmers and ranchers from across Texas will head to Frisco next week to help Texas Farm Bureau ring in its 90th anniversary during the organization's annual meeting December 1st through the 3rd. About 1,000 farmers and ranchers are expected at the Frisco meeting to discuss the latest agricultural issues, recognize successes from the year, and evaluate the organization's policies. We are now under a one-year extension of the Farm Bill. James Hunt tells us there's hope that lawmakers will now have time to make improvements to the next Farm Bill. With a one-year extension of the current Farm Bill now in place, the work on putting together the next Farm Bill continues. Steely Fischbacher with Texas Wheat Producers says the hope is that the extension provides an opportunity to work around budgetary challenges and make USDA programs stronger for farmers. We know resources will still be very tight and that's what we actually need from our viewpoint in the farm bill is additional resources and improvements into the farm safety net. And so this additional time allows us an opportunity to get more creative. Where can we find those additional resources? Can we make those improvements at a lower level where they don't cost as much or don't score as high in our scoring process? Fishbacher says one of Texas wheat producers' ambitions is to get farmers a better situation when it comes to crop insurance. We know that is the linchpin of the farm safety net. And what our farmers continue to tell us is that it's just so expensive. It's essential, but it's very expensive. So what can be done to make that more affordable at higher coverage levels where you don't have such a large deductible? That's Steely Fischbacher with Texas Wheat Producers. And you can get more insights on what's happening with the Farm Bill by attending the Texas Wheat Symposium during the Amarillo Farm and Ranch Show. The symposium, which is hosted by Texas Wheat Producers, is Wednesday at 10.30 a.m. at the Amarillo Civic Center. Texas A&M ag economist Joe Outlaw will give a presentation on the Farm Bill and other ag policy issues. To learn more about the symposium and all the other farm and ranch show activities, you can search online with the words Amarillo Farm and Ranch Show 2023. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Seasonable temperatures continue across Texas for fall crops and pastures. Tom Nicoletti looks at the latest Texas crop progress and condition numbers. We go to the latest Texas crop progress and condition report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture's National Agricultural Statistics Service. 
We start with small grains where winter wheat planting continues while some parts of the state are still lacking moisture. The recent weather conditions have been favorable for early winter wheat emergence. Winter wheat planted reached 87% statewide. Winter wheat emerged is at 73%. In the southern districts, row crops such as cotton is uh, being harvested and is nearing completion, while harvest is in full swing in the Plains and Texas Trans-Pecos districts. Cotton harvested reached 68%. The soybean harvest hit 95%. In South Texas, weather conditions are ideal for peanut producers to continue with harvest. Peanut harvest stands at 75%. Fruit, vegetable, and specialty crops in South Texas, winter vegetable planting is ongoing. We go to the lower Rio Grande Valley where fall vegetables are benefiting from recent rainfall. Citrus harvest has resumed and sugarcane harvest is expected to start again soon. In the Texas Cross Timbers, pecans are dropping. In the Texas Trans-Pecos, pecan producers are waiting for a hard freeze before beginning harvest in that region. Now to livestock range and pasture conditions, some producers are still grazing native pastures, while some have turned cattle out on winter wheat. 61% of pasture and range conditions are rated fair to poor across the state while very poor conditions stand at 23%. Some livestock producers continue supplemental feeding. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Cattle in East Texas may be a bit thin right now. James Duncan has this update from Marshall. This week we've been traveling throughout East Texas from north central East Texas out of Marshall. That's what we called it there down through a portion of the southeast Texas all the way, angled over toward Austin. Now, I had an opportunity to hit some country that I haven't been in in quite some time in part of the area that we were in, and I have noticed several things about our livestock. Folks need to be paying attention right now to their cattle and doing a little winter feeding right now. The condition of uh, the cattle that I saw in the pastures along the roadside was a little bit thin for this time of the year. We hadn't even got the rough part of the winter yet, so you better put a little mineral out, keep a little bit of those blocks, something like that, maybe a little feed along the way. I know hay short, but you can't slack your cattle on it this time of the year. In the deep east Texas area, it's all deer hunting right now still. I know we've said that a couple of times, but that's just what it is this year as far as antlers are concerned. And we have worked really hard with the Texas Department of Wildlife to get those antlers out to where we can get that 13-inch spread at minimum and then 14s, 15s on up and getting some pretty good deer nowadays. So that's always a welcome sight and a welcome thought. Just get those cattle in a little bit better shape as fast as you can right now. If you look at yours and they look a little thin, take care of them now. James Duncan traveling for Texas Ag Today. The public will soon be able to weigh in on a potential change to spotted sea trout regulations. I'm Jessica Dolmel and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And implanting calves before weaning can pay back big time. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd takes a look at the research on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
howdy neighbors, Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Implanting calves before weaning is one of the most cost-effective practices for cow-calf producers. Dr. Bob Judd takes a look at the research on that. The timing of pre-weaning implants is typically when the calves are two to four months of age and cows are getting prepared for breeding and the move to summer grazing. Research shows that during the suckling phase, average daily gain of steer calves increased by approximately one-tenth of a pound per day. The average daily gain of implanting heifers is even better. However, implanting heifers at birth decreases pregnancy rate up to 50%, but implanting heifers between one and three months of age does not affect pregnancy rates later in life. An analysis of calf sales of over 2 million calves by Kansas State indicated that implanting did not affect sales price as there was no discount if the calves were implanted. The 10 to 20 pound weight gain from implanting is worth 5 to 10 pounds per hundredweight in calves sold. Many producers leave the calves intact until weaning, believing that natural hormones produced in the testicles increase average daily gain and weaning weight of the calves. However, research trials have shown that implanted steer calves gain weight faster and wean heavier than bull calves. The stress of castration at weaning reduces post-weaning gain potential and the calf's ability to withstand diseases. Castration should be performed before weaning and these calves should be implanted at one to three months of age to maximize growth and profit. There are several products labeled for implanting calves at one to three months of age, But be sure and read the labels, as labels on implants have recently changed. I'm Dr. Bob Judd on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The public will soon be able to weigh in on proposed changes to spotted sea trout regulations. Jessica Nomal has more in today's Wildlife Report. On our last show, we told you the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is weighing whether or not to change the bag and size limits for spotted or speckled sea trout as the population continues to recover from losses sustained during winter storm Uri in 2021. Dacus Geeslin, TPWD's Deputy Director of Coastal Fisheries, recently told the Parks and Wildlife Commission that after temporary restrictions that were put in place after the freeze expired, the angling community expressed concern. In our August public hearing, the anglers expressed concern over the temporary more restrictive harvest regulations being lifted or sunsetting. And we also heard those same concerns beginning in sometime in the spring, and we committed to doing those public scoping efforts. The department conducted six meetings along the coast and an angler survey and met with the Coastal Resources Advisory Committee to discuss sea trout management. 
They asked anglers if a change were to be made to the slot and bag limit, what would be preferable to protect the spotted sea trout as they recover. From both the recreational angler and the guides, the most commonly supported management option was a 15 to 20 inch slot and a three fish bag with one oversized fish. Currently, anglers can keep five spotted sea trout per day, 15 to 25 inches long, with one fish over 25 inches. The commission approved a proposal of moving the daily bag limit to three fish per day, 15 to 20 inches long, with an allowance for one more than 25 inches long as part of the daily bag. The proposed rule change will be published in the Texas Register and a public comment period will open. TPWD staff are expected to bring the proposal back to the commission in January for their consideration. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Dolmel. It's time to check the markets. We'll take a look back at all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Howdy, neighbors. Commissioner Sid Miller here. The Texas Department of Agriculture's Farm Fresh Network connects local producers with schools to provide fresh food for our students. If you're a farmer, rancher, producer, sign up at farmfreshnetwork.org. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, call 833-TX-HEALTH or visit 833-TXHEALTH.COM. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. All of our agricultural markets were closed on Thursday for Thanksgiving Day. So we'll take a look back at how the futures markets wrapped up on Wednesday, where both live and feeder cattle finished slower. December live cattle down 52 cents, 174.47. February down 80 at 175.27. April live cattle down 57, closing at 177.65. On the feeder cattle, January dropped a dollar 20, 227.12. March down a dollar 10 at 230.12, while April feeders were down a dollar 233.90. Cash fed cattle markets seeing some activity on Wednesday afternoon. We sold cattle here in the Southern Plains at 177 on a live basis. That's a buck lower compared to last week. In the north, we saw 177 live, 280 dressed. Those prices also a dollar lower than a week ago. Box beef was mixed Wednesday choice, up a dollar 17, 296.98, with select down a dollar 78, 266.99. Now let's check those auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Here's somebody that's really important to me. It's Russell Heller from Lexington Livestock Commission Company. He and his family put their sale on each Saturday. Russell, how was this last Saturday sale? 
Kinsler has a really good sale, 1,216 total head with 243 cows. Walk the pins with me, Russell. All right, the thinner cow, packer cows, 45 to 70, and the better cutter cows, 71 to 105. On the steering bull calves, 3 to 400 pounds, 170 to 340. 4 to 5 weights, 165 to 325. 5 to 6 weights, 160 to 285. 6 to 7 weights, 155 to 250. 7 to 8 weights, 150 to 235. On the heifers, 3 to 400 pounds, 160 to 315. 4 to 5 weights, 155 to 310. 5 to 6 weights, 150 to 265. 6 to 7 weights, 145 to 240. 7 to 8 weights, $1.40 to 215. Good. How does this compare to last year? Did you look? Yes, sir. Uh, there was a few more this week, and then we won't have a sale this following Saturday. And then after that, it should be a pretty good run. Well, tell everybody how to get a hold of you for that last or for the first sale after the holiday that next week. Yes, sir. You can get me on my sale. That number is 979-820-7002. Y'all have a good holiday. Be careful if you travel, and we will talk with you after. Same to you, Larry. Thank you. You, you bet. Bye-bye. Goodbye. We appreciate you listening to the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network and the program Walking the Pins. We do it each day for you, and you're listening to it right now on Texas Ag Today. Thank you, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. Where lean hogs finished mixed Wednesday. December contract was up ten cents, sixty-eight twenty-seven, with February hogs down fifty, seventy-one eighty-two. December class three milk down five cents. 1635 100 weight. Cotton market finished higher, especially on that nearby December contract. Traders preparing for December delivery on Friday, so that helped to boost that contract much higher than the others. Now, of course, no trade on Thanksgiving Day, and we will have a shortened session on Friday. December cotton finishing 224 points higher, 79.58. March cotton up 21 at 80.90 cents, with May cotton up to 81.45. In the grain markets Wednesday, corn closed slightly lower while wheat closed mixed. December corn down one and a quarter, 468 and three quarters. March corn down one and a quarter, 487 and three quarters. Hard wheat was lower on the nearby contracts. December Kansas City wheat down one and a quarter, 614 and a half. With December Chicago wheat up three quarters, 556 and three quarters. In the energy markets, December natural gas up six cents at 291. January West Texas crude down 82 cents, 76.95 a barrel. The financial markets were higher Wednesday afternoon. The Dow up 189 points at 35,278. The NASDAQ up 65, 14,268, with the S&P up 19, 4,557. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this episode of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. 
Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.